Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Ryan Winthrop, and I'm here with my man, Jordan Heffler. Good morning, guys! So there's only two of us today. Dylan could not make it, but the show must go on. We're going to talk about episode four of Winners at War, and Jordan, what an episode it was. Ryan, I am still literally shaking in my boots after that one. I thought for sure my main guy, Nick, was going to get tossed, but and then I'm thinking back on it. My even bigger guy, Tyson, my hero, my brother, was voted out. I know we're going to get to that, but, you know, it's just still rattling my mind that two of my guys and probably the two biggest role models of mine are, are, were duking it out in that episode. It was crazy. I was going to say, I thought Tyson was your main guy. So to hear that Nick was your guy, I'm like, whoa, you have two main guys. I love I love Nick. I mean, so my order, my top three is probably Tyson, Tony, Nick. Those are my guys. Wow, wow so you must have been having a heart attack tonight in that case. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to start off the episode, as we always do, going through it play by play. So we start off right after Travel Council, the fallout after the Ethan blindside. We get back to camp, and this is Adam's apology tour. Adam is going around saying, I got caught with my pants down. I was out of the vote. I was playing too much, and I need to make it up. Jordan, what do you think about this? I mean, it has to be done, Ryan, right? So last episode, he was clearly playing both sides. And in a traditional season, that's going to work out for him. It's a pretty smart thing to do, being able to bounce around between two sides. But he just realized, and because it it bit him in the butt last episode, that he's really playing in a winners at war season that you're not going to be able to pull that in this season where everybody's playing so hard and everybody understands the game so well. And he was playing catch-up this episode. And he's right. He said to Michelle, I was one vote away from going out. If any one person flipped, he was done. So I think he noticed that he got caught, so he had to recalibrate. And I think it's tough because if this is Adam's first season, I could see him getting back into the fold. But I just don't know how people ever trust him again, even if now with the swap coming up. I don't know how people see Adam as a trustworthy ally. And even if he gets brought in as an extra vote, I don't know how people are going to vote for him in the end. So I think Adam, even though he is going to try to recover, he's in a tough spot moving forward. It'll be interesting to see if he tries to jump ship because he realizes that nobody can really trust him right now. I think you're right. I think there's a good chance that with the swap, we see him actually jump to DeCall because he's like, all the Sally people can't trust me. Robin Parvati are going to throw me to the wolves. Denise is my one ally, but Ben, Michelle, and Jeremy don't really trust me that much. So I got to make good with Takal. So we could see Adam easily flip here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, at, at the same time, though, you never know somebody like Michelle or Jeremy could try to keep them as a number if they, if they the when the tribes merge, depending on how the numbers go. No, absolutely. And then speaking of Takal, we actually then go over to them where... Listen, I don't like to read into the edit too much. I want to try to enjoy this season as purely as I can without being a super fan and, like, analyzing the edits. But the minute everyone's like, it's day 10, we made it, we haven't gone to tribal only one time, Yule's like, this is a great feeling, I'm like, they're setting us up for a Red Team Travel Council. Did you get that same vibe as well? And I said it out loud as soon as it came on. It was between the scrambling and kind of the pre-planning before they – before uh the blue team went to the challenge and they were already planning out their next move while the red team, sorry, I'm not good at, I'm not good at the names, never have been, never will be. While the red team was kind of celebrating, you knew immediately that it was the storyline was going to switch there and that red was going to go to tribal, which they did. 
I, I did I did have some doubts because Sele, the blue team, is very bad at challenges. So I did think, oh, you know, they were setting us up for this switcheroo, but Sele's so bad it's not going to happen. But it did happen. And it was crazy to see that they're going to go to Tribal Council. Um, one thing I have to say that I thought was really cool just from a um, filming perspective is, and Sophie's actually getting going to get the confessional over this, you can see Edge of Extinction from their beach. I think this is actually really cool because it makes the game feel like more seamless. Like you can see what your punishment is if you don't play the game well and you get sent out there. I think it's, like she said, it's really haunting, but it's actually kind of like cool as well. It's super cool. I did not know that you could see the, that you could see the Edge yeah, of Extinction from the, from the camp. If I, if I was on the island, I'd be kind of pretty, I'd be too scared to look over there. Just because I knew that that barren, disgusting island is waiting for me. But, I mean, I don't know how they do it. I guarantee you they probably didn't show up. But they're probably looking out there saying, okay, who's that? Is that uh, that's Amber? Is that, who's next to her? Is that Ethan? The only that person would eat in my mind, dude. I feel like the only person you could actually tell, even though it's far away, maybe Ben because of his like cowboy hat. But I feel like you couldn't tell anybody else who was out there. Like, how am I going to tell, like, Sandra and Sarah apart? Like, I'm not going to tell from that far away. It's crazy. Yeah. For sure. And then speaking of Edge of Extinction, this is why this episode felt really seamless to me. We go right there with this um, really grueling challenge. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because I might have a hot take here. I thought this was boring and really dragged out. Could not agree more, Ryan. I'm okay. really happy okay. to say that. So when it was first introduced, like my mind is racing and I'm thinking this has, this has to be some kind of twist, some kind of trick that you – that everybody could benefit off of. So I'm thinking that you have to do 20 individual trips, maybe like if they combined efforts, I'm running, my mind is racing, trying to figure out what they could do, but it was literally just them walking up and down the mountain 20 times. My second holes reference of the podcast is like, they're carrying Madame Zeroni up the mountain when they're, when they're taking those, when they're taking those logs. I couldn't agree more with you though. It was so boring. They were just going up and down. I think I see on Twitter, like a very, mixed opinion where some people like us think it was really drawn out we could have spent more time with the tribes but then the other half of twitter is like this was a really great tv moment to see you know ethan he struggled through cancer now he's struggling through this they went with him at the end up the mountain it was a really heartwarming moment and look i know jeff lives for these big tv moments we saw this now we saw this with three in the balance beam we always see these big tv moments but like I think when we have two amazing tribes of winners, I'd rather spend my time there instead of at Edge of Extinction, personally. A hundred percent. This is one of those cliche survivor is stronger than just a game moments. But you know what? This kind of season where we have such a, such a dominant cast, yeah, as you said, give us time at camp, not at Edge of Extinction. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think it's a great moment for Ethan. I think this could spell well for Ethan getting back into the game. Obviously, all the Ethan fans out there, myself included, love seeing Ethan get more time in the spotlight, even though he's out of the game. But I feel like it could have been a little bit quicker, just personally. I agree. Yeah. So then after commercial break, we go back to Sele, where we see Rob and Michelle playing that little uh, ring game where they throw it at the tree. That looks pretty fun. Um, I think this is a great social moment for Boston Rob. You know, everyone's like, Boston Rob's a great physical guy. He's a puzzle maker. He's a strategist of the game but i feel like we don't always see rob playing the social game and michelle's like i'm i'm a winner but people say i'm controversial aubrey should have won the whole nine yards and rob's like hey if you won your season you deserve to win your <laughs> season there's no question you're a winner and i mean i think this is proving that boston rob has a social game and that's probably why when we talked to dominic last week 
were like, you know, why are they not taking out Boston Rob? It's probably because Boston Rob has a very good social game and people do want to align with him. It's very true. Just based off the editing, the average fan does not get to see his social game because he just gets so many potential you get so many potential clips of him strategizing so strongly that maybe they don't have as many desirable clips of his social game. But yeah, people probably love him. I mean, he's a great guy to have at camp. I'm sure that he's really well loved by everyone on the tribe. And this is this is one of those moments, as you said, that you kind of get a glimpse of that. And you have a good point, though. I think that in Survivor, because they're trying to squeeze everything into an hour, we do sometimes lose those social moments, which is why I'm actually my, – my Michelle stock is rising a little bit. I think Michelle's doing a really good job socially. And I think that's something that – granted, Aubrey had a lot of big flashing moves in her season, which is why we all were rooting for Aubrey. But I don't think you can underrate, underestimate Michelle's social game. That's probably why she won and why she will go far again because – she is really great at connecting with people, so I'm I'm buying Michelle stock at this point. I like to hear that. Yeah, that was her that was her whole game. She was never the the one making the moves at every single before every single tribal. She was never the she was never too dominant in challenges, even though she did win at one or two. But yeah, she yeah. got along with everybody, and that's what carried her through every single vote. And you can see that easily happening throughout through the rest of the season here. Yeah, of course. And the last thing we're going to see on Sele, because they will win immunity, the last thing we see on Sele is that um, Adam goes to Robin Parvati. Not really go to them, but he just talks with them. And Robin Parvati are trying so hard to get him to slip so they can say, oh, Adam said this, Adam said that, but Adam's not giving them anything. So Rob's like, I got to lie. I got to make something up. I'm not sure if Jeremy and Michelle believe this. I actually have a strong feeling if Sele lost this challenge. That was a misdirect, and Robin Parvati were on the outs, and they were going home. I don't know how much Jeremy and Michelle bought this, because it's pretty clear that Adam knows he messed up. Adam's not going to mess up again with Rob. I actually strongly disagree with you. Okay. Tell me why. So I think that Jeremy and Michelle did buy the story. Okay. And, because, and I said this in my Survivor audition tape. I know one day it will become public when I'm on the show. For sure. But... I would lie my butt off if I was in the island and because everybody falls for lies so easily. If somebody if somebody goes up to you and you have a conversation with them in private and then I go to somebody else in their alliance, they're going to easily believe the story because everybody is so afraid of any move being made behind their back. If Adam already demonstrated that he wasn't being loyal, I'm pretty sure it would be I mean, do you think it's a not believable story that Adam would try to jump with them because he thinks he's on the bottom of their alliance? That's like a pretty believable narrative you could push so i think that jeremy and michelle did believe it and in the back of my mind i kind of wish that the blue team i'm sorry i still don't remember the names sale <laughs> i wish that the blue team um i wish the blue team did go to tribal because i think that adam would have been voted out yeah i mean look i think it can go either way i could see them believing it i could see them not i have a slight feeling that they probably were going to look past it but it's like Dominic said in our last podcast. It's really because people will believe the lies. People believe the paranoia because it just gets to you out there. And we see this all the time where somebody says one thing and then it just takes root and then it yeah. grows and it, you can't stop. We saw this back in Heroes versus Villains where Sandra to save Courtney puts a bug in Russell's ear and says, hey, coach is coming after you. Russell immediately says, coach has got to go. And then to go a little bit down the line from now in this episode, we're going to see Last week, Yule plants the seed to Sandra, hey, Tyson's gutting hard for you, which he was, but he's gutting hard for you, and that's going to carry the day, and that's why Tyson went out, because Yule planted that seed early. So you're right, paranoia can just take root and grow fast. It's just one comment, and everybody's nerves 
are stricken and mm-hmm. the game is on the game is on from there. Yeah. Now we get to the immunity challenge and I got to say the challenges have been really epic and amazing this season. I think it's so cool how four tribe members are pulling the boat. They're the workhorses. Then you have the the jumpers who didn't really do that good of a job. Well, hold on. And the puzzle makers. The the buoys or whatever were really high up. Like they were really high. Harvey <coughs> could have. It's like she should have been at the combine because you were testing her vertical leap there. It was she probably had to jump like fifteen or twenty inches to get up there. We've seen this before, but in a lot in Survivor. This was this was higher. It could have been higher, but I also was wondering why they didn't take more of a, run, a running leap. I, I mean, granted, I know it's probably higher than it looks, but I can't. I just can't imagine why Parvati was just jumping like straight up. I didn't know why there was not even like a little bit of like a run for momentum, but that was just hard to watch. I mean, look, I'm not saying Denise is cursed because Sally won tonight, but man, this tribe barely came out with a win tonight. I was shocked that the blue tribe came back and won. Yeah, and. Nick and who is with Nick? Sarah? They were um, on the puzzle. puzzle. Nick and Sarah were on the puzzle, yeah. So yeah, Nick and Sarah really really blew the end of the challenge there. They had such a they had such a lead and somehow it looked like they were gonna win in pretty much like five seconds. It was one, it was one of those signature just one of those signature survivor blowouts. And they ended up taking the puzzle apart. They left the window open for the puzzle master himself, Boston Rob. I cannot believe it, and that was arguably the greatest comeback in Survivor history. What do you think? It's a top ten. I have one other one that comes to mind. Can you guess it? I mean, like, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, I, I think, could think. Uh, think. I have one that's coming to mind. It was a fairly recent one. God, I I, I have so many that I could think of from the past. I'm probably struggling with the recent ones. Is it? It wasn't last season, was it? No, so I'm thinking of I think it was season 38, the Green Tribe with Wentworth, War Dog, and oh yes, Arnett, yes, yes, you're right, you're right. Now I remember where they had to build like that kind of pyramid. That was a good comeback. I I was personally thinking of you know back in Survivor, um, Kagiyan, which was Tony's first season. The Brains Tribe was out of a challenge for a long time, and then they came back in one right with the giant wheel where you had to spin a ball to get out of the giant yep. wheel. So there, there's a lot of great comebacks. I would say this is a top 10 comeback. I don't know if it's like the number one, but it's up there. It was a great comeback to win. And Boston Rob is good at puzzles again. Look at that. Uh-huh. He finally, he finally didn't let his tribe down, which is pretty surprising to hear from Boston Rob, but he finally, he finally did the, he finally did the job right. And before we leave the challenge, I got to say, we now have officially coined, mark it down, the Sandra sit-out bench. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Was Sandra pissed off when Parvati said that? I no, know she not, not at all. I, I think Sandra knows who she is. She knows she's she's self-proclaimed the queen. She like I think she relishes in it. Also, I'm pretty sure if we go through the fact checker with all the fans on Twitter, I'm pretty sure Sandra now has the record for the most sit-outs. I think at one time really? it was – I think at one time it was Courtney from China and Heroes versus Villains, but now I think Sandra's past her at this point. Okay. I don't yeah. think she minds. Look, Sandra knows, like, listen, I'm not good at challenges. I'm a good social player. Anybody but me, you get what you get. I'm very black and white. So I think Sandra liked it, honestly. Yeah, she definitely owns that she's not good at challenges. And at times, I struggle to read whether or not she's, like, being fake with people. You know what I mean? I feel like she's a pretty authentic person, even at camp, like just in regular conversations. I feel like she's pretty authentic. But in that case, 
I couldn't tell if she was like trying to deflect so she doesn't look angry and she just keeps up her bubbly, pleasant personality so she can have a good standing at camp. You know what I mean? I, I, I struggle to find where she's being fake or whether she really is that easygoing. I just think Sandra is very authentic. I mean, I see her interact on like Twitter with people. I see her in interviews on the show. I think she's authentic. I think, again, like what you see is what you get. I don't think she ever proclaims to be good at challenges. Usually she doesn't lie to people with, when it comes to the vote. She says, I'm voting for this person because it's not me. And I think that's why Sandra has won twice because she's a great social player. So, again, I think that Sandra relished this moment. Oh, that reminds me. One other thing I want to touch on, speaking okay. of Sandra Bench, Tony rooting for Adam to fall when he was rooting, when he was uh, trying to reach for the buoy. Did you catch that? Oh, I, I, I did. Fall! I, fall! fall. <laughs> that's another thing in my Survivor audition tape. I would be actively screaming and rooting for people to mess up the cha- mess up the challenge on the on the opposite tribe. I would be constantly screaming screaming my head off trying to get in their head. It all depends on whether they tune you out. Some people say they completely tune out all other noise and they just they get in the zone. So it might work, but it might not. True, true. I also got to say really quickly that I am just floored that Tony is so not only is Tony safe this season, Tony's name hasn't even been brought up, which is why I'm loving the season cuz I'm a huge Tony fan. I'm team TV all the way. But I got to say, Tony, this is the most fun I've had with Tony. He's so fun. He's the camp sweetheart. He's, he's, doing, he's doing his job. Like I keep saying over and over again, I thought Tony could be either out first or he could go far. And like he said in the premiere, I have my shield. I'm going to keep lowering my shield like this. And then when it gets too low, I strike. So <laughs> I think that Tony is – he isn't of an idol. He's not leaving camp. He's doing everything he has to do. And I think he's actually positioned really well in the swap here because he's good with Sarah – He's good with Sandra. I don't think Yule's side is going to target Tony now because he doesn't have an idol. So I think Tony's in a great spot, which makes me very happy. Yeah, I agree with you. As permitting that the, the numbers fall his way, that he's not on like a one to five tribe swap. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, so now we're going to head back to Dakal, the Red Tribe. I got to say, we're going to keep using the name so people can understand the names. We can't keep going. You know, it doesn't blue. matter anymore. Actually, no, it does because the swaps, you keep the same name, right? Well, we're going to talk about that. Probably the same names, but we'll talk about that. Um, okay. I Decal goes back to camp, and it's either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a Nick vote or a Tyson vote. Tyson wants to vote out Nick because he thinks he's an easy vote. I can pitch that he didn't do well at, at the challenge. He's not good around camp. He's part of the No Connections group, which, by the way, I have to say, and this is why I think Yul Kwan is such an amazing player, the fact that they are so well hidden that Tyson is right that this is a real thing and Sandra still doesn't believe him shows how well they're hiding it and how good Yule is at just maneuvering his group. Because Sandra's like, listen, he might be right. I don't believe that Tyson's got to go. So I got to say that's really great on Yule's part. Yeah, and Yule is the first person that Tyson approached when they got back from when they got back to camp. They, yeah. The alliance is so is so faded that nobody knows what's going on. They're really blending in well. And Tyson did, and that's and that's why he had to go because they he sussed it out, so he had to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that Tyson's making a good point here. Nick does seem like a pretty simple vote. Sand also Nick's less volatile than Sandra. Sandra, you gun for her, you got to go. Nick, I feel like isn't putting up that much of a fight. So I feel like Tyson didn't make a bad move here. I just think Tyson was just such a big target. Um, do you think this was the right move for? Because it's this that's exactly that I was going to ask you. So basically, the question is, you have the the rough group, which is like that um, Sophie called them, like the rough and rugged group of Sandra, Sophie, and Sandra, 
Sarah, and Tony. You have the no connection group of Yule, Sophie, Nick, and Wendell. And then you have the poker alliance that is now dead of Kim and Tyson. And this became a battle of was the no connections group going to win out or was the poker alliance going to win out? So I'm going to ask you, the swing vote clearly here was Sandra, Tony, and Sarah. They were the swing votes. I guess we're asking each other, was that the right move? I know what I think. I think if they made the move because they made it because of a swap, then yes. If if we ask them after the game and they say we voted Tyson out because a swap was coming and if he gets back with Rob, it's dangerous, I think it's a good move. If they think that there's no swap coming and they want to stay as one tribe, I think it's a bad move because you lose a huge meat shield in Tyson. But if they did this because of the swap to get Tyson out before a swap, I think this was the right move. What do you think? Ryan, as per usual, you took the words right out of my mouth. So I'll echo you for a little bit. Yeah, go for it. And if if they could see the future and they knew a swap was coming, that's a really bad move. That's a, that's a really good move, sorry. If they knew the swap was coming, it's a good move because Tyson is very flippant. He could easily go over there to the other side. But... I would not be playing for a swap personally. I would just be playing knowing that I'm on this tribe. A swap could happen in the future, but I'm going to assume it's not going to happen. And not only do they lose a shield, but they lose a number. If you can take out Nick, then you possibly have the numbers to dictate what happens with it for that tribe going forward. If you have, if you, I think they would have, what, five people? If it's Sandra, Tony, Tyson, Kim, and who else? Who else would they have? The call? Yeah. In, in general? Yeah, who who would who would the uh if who would the split be if they lost Nick, would Sandra have the majority there? If the if the no connection group lost Nick, you have Yule, Sophie, and Wendell on one side. Then you have Tyson and Kim still working together in the middle, and then you still have Sandra, Tony, and Sarah. So then they hold the power over the no connection group. Yeah. So not only do you keep a meat shield around, and you can, and you know that you're going to last another day, but you also have the majority where you can dictate what happens in the future. So. I guess it, depending on how the swap goes, it will be a good move because Tyson, who easily could have switched over to Boston Rob, um, is not going to be able to do that anymore, but we will see. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that I'm curious to see what people on Twitter think. I'm curious to see what other uh, discussions and podcasts talk about, but I think that if they're playing for a swap and they're saying, this is winners at war, there's no way we're not going to swap at least once before the merge. It's going to either happen this week or next week. I think it's a good move because you get Tyson back with Rob, who gets who's there with Parvati. They rope in one or two people. Maybe they pull in Sandra as well. You have a really dangerous contingent of great players. So I can respect the move from Tony a lot. So, and I want to talk about the swap right now. Yes, I was going to. I was going to say. All I was going to say was that ends up that Tyson goes home. He gives his fire token to Nick, and now we're at a swap. Go. So what? There's 15 left now. Yes. So I think there are two options for the swap. Um. Yeah, so I was going to say it's either 5-5-5, five, five, and five, or it's going to be, what, 7-7, seven and seven, and then one person goes to... Would they go to Extinction? Where would they go? They could go to Extinction. They could go to a third beach somewhere and spend the night, the night, the night alone. Um, that I don't could know. Be... Go on. What's up? Go on. My gut tells me they go to three tribes, because I know Jeff loves his three tribes, so I can see it being 5-5-5. Five, five, and five. I'd rather not because if we have to split the episode between three tribes of five, extinction, a challenge, and tribal, I feel like we're going to lose a lot of great strategy. You keep and stealing terms. my opinions. Because we're on the same wavelength. That's the You're problem. You're stealing my opinions. 
Well, yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, exactly, they want to milk as much airtime as possible at camp. If they have to do that and focus on Edge of Extinction, I think they're going to go with two tribes. And that's why I think we saw that little excerpt with Michelle saying that she uh, she's spending, she's out on an island with her ex or something. I feel like she's talking about like a turtle or I don't know, like some kind of fish that looks weird where she's on, where she's on her own on like on some island by herself. And she like sees some animal that she remembers or something. No, it's, it's, it's one of the players. I, I, I know who it is. You do? Yeah. According to sources on Twitter. According to sources on Twitter. Who is it? Sources say that Michelle's ex. Wendell. Is Wendell. Yes. Wow. So that means that. Wendell and Michelle are going to end up on a tribe together. It looks like by her Buffalo Blue tribe. Um, yeah, again, I think it's going to be either 7-7 seven, seven, and then somebody gets sent to Extinction or gets sent to a third island or three tribes of five. I want to believe you're right, Jordan, that it's two, two tribes of seven because I would prefer that. But I know Jeff loves his three tribes, so I could see it happening. So. I got to say, Ryan, I don't appreciate you uh, doing some outside research. I got to come prepared. Listen, we have a great podcast. I got to make sure I have all the facts before we come in here. I can't be spouting wrong information. Understandable. But I do like I do like some ambiguity every now and then. You spoiled yeah. it for me. And we don't even have a spoiler warning to the listeners, Ryan. We'll have to come up with like a spoiler song or some kind of like spoiler alert on the screen to tell people that's coming. Eh, eh, eh. Last question before we wrap up. <laughs> I want to ask you, um, we're going to a swap, whether it's two tribes of seven or three tribes of five, who do you think is in a good spot and a bad spot? Like who does the swap help and who does the swap hurt? So in one aspect, a swap helps Boston Rob, right? Because hundred percent, because he was, as you said, left to feed, left out to feed the dogs or something. He, uh, he's on the bottom of his, of his tribe right now has a huge target on his back but at the same time, if he merges to a tribe that he doesn't have any former connections with, like, if I, I know he knows who, like, he knows, like, Kim or something. But if he doesn't have any former connections or previous connections, he's going to have an obvious target on his back with his new tribe anyway. So he is positioned well and at the same time badly. Who, who else do you think is either one? So I think it's interesting. I think that the swap helps Parvati and Rob because they're on the outs I strongly believe that despite what the edit was showing, that if they went to Tribal Council, we were losing Boston Robert Parvati. They're just such big targets. How do you not take them out at this point? The swap helps them. The swap definitely helps Adam because now Adam can realign himself with to call people. I think I think if he and Denise yeah. find two or three other people that they can work with, Adam's in a great spot. So I think it helps Adam. And then I'm, also on the Blue Tribe, I think it – I don't think anyone's really hurt by it. You could argue Jeremy, Michelle – Denise and Ben were in a really good spot, so maybe this hurts them, but I think they're all great players, so I think that they could survive it. As for DeCall, I think that Swap hurts the no connection group. I think Yule, it's like probability wise, it's very unlikely that Yule, Sophie, Nick, and Wendell all end up together. So all it takes is them to be split up. Then you have Tony or Sarah planting an ear, it's planting a bug in Jeremy's ear, like, hey, this was a no connection group. They're connected. You got to take them out. I think the swap hurts the no connection group. And then I think it could help Tony. And I think it definitely helps. Um, I think it could help Sandra actually too. So yeah, that's well, how I see it. I, I was going to come in with the take that it's not, it's going to be hurtful for any big name. So I'm talking Boston Rob, even though I said that it could be good for him. 
I'm I'm officially coming out with a take that it's gonna be bad for people like Boston Rob, Parvati, Sandra. Um yeah, those three names. I think that one of them is going home next episode. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, listen, we're living in a timeline where we were saying in our preseason coverage, look, because right now we've lost five people so far. We've lost Natalie, Amber, Danny, Ethan, and Tyson. I, I, Tyson is a big name. But before tonight, we said we've lost four people and we still have so many big names in the game. We did lose Tyson tonight, but we still have Tony, Rob, Parvati, Sandra. Like, we have so many big names left. This is a dream that we still have them here. I see your point where one of them could go home this week. I think that since the Tyson domino fell, the other ones are going to go with it shortly after. That's my opinion. I, I'm actually hoping that we get Rob and Sandra on a tribe together. Cause if you remember Rob gets on the mat and sees Amber goes home and he's looking at Sandra, like what happened and Sandra won't look at him. So they're going to butt heads over. Did you vote my wife out? I didn't vote your wife. It's going to be a huge fireworks contest so i hope for good tv we get rob and sandra on the same tribe that's a very good point that would make for some pretty excellent tv and then from there i just hope we get more great tony moments i hope we see you'll keep strategizing so far i'm loving the season four episodes in speaking of yule i want to give a plug to yule yule is like a very fine-tuned human being like he's a very excellent existence you know what i mean He's not just a great player, but, like, his whole – he's a fine specimen. He's, like, so smart, and he's, like, so smart. He's just so finely tuned. I've never seen anybody operate the way he does. And I'm not just talking about from a strategy point of view. I'm just talking about the way he communicates with people. I'm sure he's operating at a much higher level than everyone else, but the way he's able to communicate, he's able to communicate to an average Joe like you or me. You know what I mean? Yule's charismatic. I think he falls into the same boat as a Parvati or a Rob where... No, I, I think he's far better. No, I, I'm just... I mean, I mean we, listen, we can rank them whenever. I'm just saying that I think just in terms of, like, charismatic nature, they're so easy to listen to. They're very well-spoken. He is very smart. He's athletic. He's likable. Men like him. Women like him. I think that Yule is a great player. And it shocks me that more people haven't said Yule's name yet, probably because he hasn't played in a long time. So I'm not sure if Yule will win this game. I hope he does. But yeah, I mean, if I'm out there and I'm seeing Yule Kwan work his magic, Yule's got to go. Yeah, I mean, if I were them, I would think I would be able to see how smart he is. And I think that's that's the biggest threat at right now, just being yeah. smart and understanding the game well. All right. So otherwise, we're going to wrap it up here. Any last thoughts, Jordan? That is it for me, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Our it's first pleasure one as well. One. Hopefully our... Uh, third leg our third part of the podcast Dylan will be back with us next week um thanks everyone for watching and we will see you next time grab your torches head back to camp good night